If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. If you have a story, we do. Um, we do something called listener lore. You yeah. probably heard Patrice talk about it, and we're trying to like finagle our way into some people's brains over Shay. here who are already telling us stories. Um, <laughs> you got a story? Yeah. Oh, awesome. you want to come up here? Come up here and sit down. Oh, okay. Are you going to be up? You want to tell it on the microphone? Yes. You're brave, because I've tried to talk that one into telling me stories on the microphone forever, and he won't do it. <laughs> All right, Matt, gosh, the lights are bright. That's what we said, yeah. But just pretend nobody's here. Yeah, well, that's true, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, I guess I'll start by introducing myself. Some, most of you know me in here, I guess. Uh, my name's Scott Rouse. I'm from right here in Wetumpka. Uh, I was thinking about this story before you even mentioned Catherine Tucker Wyndham. Oh, cool. Something that was said earlier reminded me of this, but uh, I'm like you. I, Catherine Tucker Wyndham was one of my big heroes. I love storytelling. I grew up in public schools in Alabama and um, up in North Alabama in Moulton. And uh, all throughout elementary and middle school, I listened to those cassette tapes and yes. a very distinctive Selma voice talking about her ghost stories and Jeffrey. And I just love Catherine Tucker Wyndham. And um, actually, like you, I got to meet her uh, several years ago, uh, back before her death, over in Selma at a storytelling festival. And it was like, uh, you know, it's not like I had met the president or Aaron Rodgers or something. <laughs> it was just like a rock star to me. So uh, for those of you who've never met her before, uh, I thought it was neat. She, she autographed my 13 Alabama Ghost book. Oh, she would give her autograph, and then she had her separate autograph for Jeffrey. <laughs> so it was autographed by both of them. But uh, one of her great stories is, um, it's in 13 Alabama Ghosts, is about the, the face in the courthouse window. Mm-hmm. And this is in, I think, Pickens County over in Aliceville. If you don't know where that is, it's west of Tuscaloosa. Well, um, my wife and I, we were in grad school. I was in law school. She was uh, in library and information studies. Uh, there at the University of Alabama, and this was in the late 90s. Um, we had taken a day trip one weekend over to Pickens County, and we wanted to find the space in the courthouse window. And I'm kind of like you, I'm a little bit of a skeptic, but mm-hmm. I wanted to look. We looked all around that courthouse. I did not see a face in that window. I was very disappointed. But uh, flash forward uh, several years, uh, I was working uh, as an attorney for a state agency here in Montgomery. And part of my job, unfortunately, is I had to go around to different places around the state when people were getting fired. Mm. And so I had had to go to Pickens County, Alabama, uh, to basically preside over someone losing their job. Ow. So <laughs> not, not, a, not a pleasant task, but that was, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? So um, it hadn't even dawned on me that the place I was going was the same place as the courthouse or the store or anything like that. I wasn't thinking about it at all. Um, so... I go over there that morning, and um, we go through this process, and it's about the way you would think it would go. And I'm leaving, and I'm, I'm driving out of the parking lot, and I come around the building, and, and I'm, I'm about to approach the street 
where the courthouse is. Mm -hmm. Now let me back up a second so you get the full impact of this story. When I was in law school, there was a guy there, a classmate. Um, I didn't really like him. A lot of other people didn't like him either. He was kind of obnoxious. He was a chauvinist. Uh, and even worse, he got a job that I really wanted to get, but it worked out okay, so I digress. But I didn't like this guy. Still didn't like this guy. And I uh, didn't realize he was working in and around that area at all. So I, I come around the corner in my car, and all of a sudden I'm looking straight up at the courthouse, the old courthouse. And I look and I realize what it is, and I saw the face. And it was creepy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I have seen the face. It's real. And then I look up, and about 10 feet from the hood of my car is this classmate. <laughs> and for a brief instance, I thought, I could hit him. <laughs> And I could blame it on the face in the courthouse window. And then I snapped out of it, and I slammed on my brakes, and I don't even think he recognized me, but I look up, and the face is gone. Oh, my God. But I got to see the face, and I almost had a chance. Anyway. No. <laughs> so that is my story. That's amazing. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Yes, that's awesome. Oh, man. And of course, oh. you realize now he's going to know because it's going to go on the internet. <laughs> so, we are going to talk about this UFO listener lore that Marleyan and I got back in early June. And What's really cool is this person wrote in and told her story, and then she sent us video. So I'm very excited to post this, but I'm just going to read this straight off what she wrote. So this is from Lori, and I believe she lives in Mississippi still. Hey, Patrice and Marlea, I love the podcast and thought I would share a UFO video with y'all. This was taken in Greenville, Mississippi around 10.30 or 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve 2011. A friend of mine and I had been visiting earlier that evening and had just come outside for me to walk him to his car. We saw dozens of orange glowing lights in the sky, and right as we spotted them, they flew into a pyramid formation in a matter of seconds, then broke apart. It was truly the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. There was and still is no rational explanation for it. They were definitely not lasers or spotlights or anything like that. They were very clearly metal objects that had what looked like flames being reflected on them so that they appeared to be orange and glowing. They were super high in the air, fitting to, oh, flitting to and fro, uh, fro through the sky so fast that our eyes could barely keep up with them. Some of them, though barely moving, uh, at all. Some of them, though, barely moved at all, though. They just hovered in and the same spot for several, several minutes. I took out my phone and started taking a video immediately, but unfortunately, it was a shitty Android phone, and mm. the video quality is atrocious. You can see a handful of lights moving around, but nothing like what was in reality. 
You can hear the cars passing through the neighborhood. And at one point, you can also hear my silly text message tone. Uh, But other than that, it was quite eerily silent. I checked Facebook for days afterwards. So did my friend, but no one else local ever mentioned seeing them. We didn't tell anyone about this for years. In fact, I think each of us was probably only told, each of us only told a handful of people to this day. Anyway, here it is. Hope you get a kick out of it. And that's from Lori. (laughs) Okay, I have to do the box fan Chad segment. Okay. So I forgot to do the box fan Chad segment. So now I'm going to do the box fan Chad segment, even though Chad is sitting right here. And is going to make me read his email instead of him reading it himself. He's, he's going to be judging you the whole entire time, so we don't, don't get it have wrong. To, we don't have to include don't, that part. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> All right, so this is from Chad, and this is from um, the episode that we did uh, on Billy Jack Gaither. And so Chad's response, and I'm just going to read to you Chad's response that he messaged me. Um... He said, when I went to work for hospice, I felt really weird because we had chaplains and lots of prayers before meetings and I'd only worked for state and federal and none of that was allowed. Anyway, the other social worker and I got along great and the boss, director and office manager all seemed to like me and were super cool. I got an odd feeling from the full-time chaplain and then it seemed to change and he started sitting in my office and talking about how he was divorced and had to get give up his position in the church because his church shunned him because divorce is a sin. And he told me how he was a Democrat and pro-labor, and his congregation got very upset when he gave a sermon about tolerance during an election cycle, Hmm. which is, you know, I love that, like, even just be nice to people is enough to get people pissed off. Right. Um, In a church. Right. Um, So... uh, Fast forward to him sitting in my office, telling me that he had always believed homosexuality was a sin and those people were not to be associated with. Then goes on to tell me that I was the first gay person he'd spent time with or worked with. I told him that was probably not true because it often is not. Exactly. Um, And he said, you're a great person and you're one of the most compassionate people I've worked with. And I've seen you help families and you've changed my entire outlook on homosexuality. He said it was a struggle for him. And I told him I understood there were tears and we were good friends and coworkers and made home visits together. And he, um, I asked him to come to our wedding party and say a blessing. And he did. And it was super sweet. Um, because he, you know, he, he said, you know, you can just say, you know, no big deal. And then he made it very personal and very cool. And, um, And it was really nice. So um, he goes on to say, I recently read that sometimes just being who you are in everyday situations can be activism. And that made me feel so good because I've always felt um, like I should do parades and marches and things like that. But sometimes just being like the person that you are is the activism that people need. And he said, anyway, a year or two later, the chaplain's daughter... um, attempted suicide because she was queer and he completely accepted her when her mother didn't. And he told me he would have never felt that way if he hadn't had that experience. Wow. That's a fantastic story. It is. And that's why I didn't want to leave it out. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the box fan Chad segment. Yeah. Hopefully soon to be sponsored by Lasco fan. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Facebook at the strange South Instagram at the strange South podcast or on Twitter at strange South pod and check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast.